You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ahmed Manawar. Great conversation for you today with Mr. John Doherty of Credo. Love this conversation for a couple of reasons. First of all, John shares his journey as a marketing consultant and shares some of the things that he's learned along the way that I think are going to be really valuable to you on your journey. Second of all, John's role at Credo is very interesting because Credo helps companies find the right marketing consultants and marketing service providers. And while this isn't about marketing consultants, it is about consultants. So John's got this really unique vantage point where he's matching consultants with the companies that need their help. And he looks through, I don't even know, so many consultant profiles every single day when he's doing this matching. So he's got a really good perspective on what makes consultants stand out, which ones get his attention and which ones ultimately get hired and which ones charge higher fees. So you're really going to like John's perspective on this. He's got a great vantage point in identifying what it is that makes consultants stand out. Now, before I let you go, I've got a free training that you're going to want to check out. It's called The Five Secrets of World-Class Consultants. I've also found in my work that there are certain things that separate world-class consultants, the ones who are working with the best clients, charging the highest fees, and doing incredible work from the ones who are barely scraping by. They're working with whoever will work with them, and they're getting hammered on fees, and they're just not doing very well. There are five things that make that difference. And on this on-demand webinar training, I'm going to show you what those five secrets are and how you can start applying those secrets to your business immediately. So to get access to that training, head over to forecast.fm slash secrets. That's forecast.fm slash secrets. With that, here is John Doherty. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me today. Listen, why don't you get us started by telling us your quick backstory? Of course. So I have been in digital marketing for about a decade now. I actually got started in it. I was helping to run a book publishing company from Switzerland. Actually, I am an Ameri- I am American, as you can tell, but I was living in Switzerland for a little while, was helping um, a guy that had started a book publishing company get that off the ground. And basically, I lived in French-speaking Switzerland and was publishing English-language books and had to get, had to learn how to get them found. So I'd been blogging for a while and basically, and had a, have a, a web development background, a front-end web de- development background from my university days, and uh, basically found SEO, technical SEO, content marketing, all of that, and kind of realized I was pretty good at it and I enjoyed it, and came back and. Uh, Joined a, an agency in Philadelphia, worked there for about eight months, moved on to an agency in New York City, worked for Distilled, um, which is a pretty well-known online marketing and SEO agency um, for about two and a half years, um, and really got down deep into you know blogging and kind of building my own name and my own brand, and also you know getting more clients for Distilled and doing great work for, for clients. Um, I went in-house then for a couple of years. I wanted to, to go in-house, wanted to build something, and uh, built some marketing teams within um, Zillow Group, so ran marketing on a couple of their brands on the rental side of the business um, and really learned a lot about, you know, the challenges of in-house teams and, you know, hired some agencies as well and was doing some of my own freelance work and 
Um, and then I started working full time on the business that has now become Credo uh, a little over two years ago, end of September 2015. Um, I got laid off and had already started this business a couple years before and just, you know, doing a little bit on it. Um, it was doing a tiny bit of revenue every month, like under around $100 a month, uh, most months. And um, got laid off and basically said, you know what, I'm going to give working for myself a go. Um, so these days I, I run Credo, which, um, recently has undergone, uh, some shifts, um, in a very good way, but basically we help marketing agencies and consultants get more clients. Um, but the value that we offer on the business side is we help, um, businesses, especially startups that are starting to, to scale and grow. Um, also marketing teams that need extra sets of hands on board or, uh, strategies in uh, other areas that they don't have someone full time for, um, and then also agencies that need to partner with consultants or agencies to deliver work for their clients. Help all of them basically put together what exactly they need and then get them introduced to the right uh, to the right people for their specific needs. Um, so yeah, the business the business does well. It's me and a part time developer right now. I am hiring um, a couple of positions as well, and you know looking to looking to grow it. So um, two years, two plus years out on my own, and you know business is good. So I want to hear a little bit more about this, this layoff story. Um, hopefully yeah. I'm not going to poke at any open wounds, but <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's been two years, but you know, a guy like you, you know, you get laid off. It happens to the best of us. You've got a ton of experience. You clearly know what you're doing. You could have gotten easily a high paying job anywhere else. What mm -hmm. makes you forgo that path and work on this startup that at the time was barely generating revenue? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, and actually I, I wrote about this on, uh, on LinkedIn. I did a post on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago and that thing now has around 10 million views. And basically I told the story of getting laid off and that I turned down three director of marketing jobs at San Francisco based startups in the next three months. One of them wanted to pay me basically a quarter of a million dollars a year in salary, um, plus equity. Um, and I turned them down because I, I basically realized that I wanted to give working for myself a go. Um, I figured, I, I had a pre, I had pretty high confidence that this business could work. I also knew that I could pick up consulting work pretty quickly to cover my own bills, um, and I got laid off, so I had severance. So I had a little bit of financial runway, um, but basically knew like I, I was you know given these offers and was talking to these companies that like I really liked you know their VPs and founders and all that, but. Basically, I, I made the decision to listen to my heart and I, I thought about, you know, it's like, man, if I signed this contract, you know, with this company, what, what would I, um, you know, or, or decide to go full time with them? Like, how would I feel about it, you know, personally? And my gut was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, and so I, I just I decided to listen to that um, and basically figured, you know, I can always go back and get a job. Like, I'm not concerned about that. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to take my own, you know, my destiny into my own hands. Um, and I'm really glad that I did. So I always find that there's a gap between the idea of working for yourself and then yeah. actually working <laughs> for yourself. What did that gap look like for totally. you when you actually got into it? Uh, I hadn't realized how isolating it could be. Um, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs that have uh, a lot of solo entrepreneurs and then a lot of entrepreneurs that have co-founders. Um, and sometimes I'm jealous of the people that uh, have a co-founder because they have someone that's in it, you know, with them kind of looking at the same numbers, seeing the same stresses, all that. And when you're a solo founder, you don't have that. Um, so that was a big, a big shift for me. And I've kind of had to build a like group of people that I can, you know, I can complain to right when I need to, or like, Whoa, this thing really went belly up. Right. And, and those are, these are friends that are also out on their own. that are also solo founders that I've known for a long time. Um, so that's been, that's been big. Um, 
at the beginning of starting anything, there's a, a roller coaster always, whether you have a co-founder or not, like, is it going to work? What's the business model? Who's my customer? What's my messaging? All of that stuff. Um, and you know, I, I'm a little over two years in now and I, I feel like I figured out a lot of that stuff though, as I alluded to, I'm, I'm also in the middle of making some changes, which kind of puts it back into the like startup going to be a little bit more, a little bit of a roller coaster realm, I think. But, um, that, uh, that, that I had to get, I had to get used to is that like, you know, the unknown, um, you know, basically just concentrating on keeping the business alive. Um, I have realized that revenue solves a lot of those problems. And when you finally ha- you built up a, like a bank balance and you have money to invest into, you know, into growth and all of that, like, which, which is the point I'm at now, you know, that's, uh, it's way less stressful. I can step away and like, you know, nothing feels, uh, like it's going to end my company. Right. But, um, you know, at the beginning it definitely feels that way because that is the reality, um, you know, where you do have to generate revenue, you do have to figure out, you know, your market and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, those were a few of the things that I kind of dealt with, um, just, just personally, you know, and it was, it was, it was a roller coaster and it was tough. Um, I've definitely had my ups and downs, had some really low lows, had some really high highs. I saw a therapist for about 10 months and, you know, got onto like a, uh, just like natural supplement, like mood stabilizer, which has really helped me out, um, as well, just figuring out some of my own body chemistry um, and psychology. Um, and I didn't expect any of those things would go into like building a successful company. Um, but they have. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I I found the same thing that when I started working for myself and building my own business, all of a sudden I took all these other areas of my life more seriously, like exercise, nutrition, because you could eat like a pig and like be lazy and show up at a job nine to five and you'll get by just fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just getting paid the same. Yeah, totally. But to, yeah, if you want to bring your best into your business and really, you know, supercharge that work time, you've got to take food seriously, nutrition, mood, stress, energy levels. There's all this other life optimization that has to take place. And I didn't realize that until I became an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Yeah. Time management. Yeah. The managing your energy thing is really, really interesting um, that a lot of people don't think about. But yeah, when you're working for yourself and as you said, you got to bring your best, you know, all the time. I mean, A, it's not possible to bring your best all the time, right? So figure out like when you are at your best, how can you be the most productive and what do you need to work on? And when you're not at your best, how do you get some space, um, you know, and, and, you know, get yourself back into that, you know, into that, uh, that those energy levels of being, you know, of being at your best. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think important to, to cover and something that a lot of people don't talk about in working for yourself. And one of the big perks of obviously working for yourself is the flexibility, right? So if you're hitting a wall and it's something's just not working, you can pick up, move on, go do something else, go for a walk, go for a cup of coffee, take the afternoon off and, you know, no one's going to scream at you. Right, right. No one's going to scream at you. But at the same time, it is a trade off because if you're not feeling it on a Tuesday afternoon and, you know, you take three hours off, you take from three to six off, like, in my experience that refreshes you. And then you hit like seven or eight o'clock that night and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. And you make up those three hours in the evening. Right. Which is great to have that flexibility, but at the same time, and you're not tied to a desk, but at the same time, I'd rather be hanging out with my wife from eight to 11 than like getting work done. You know, like you, you, you definitely can, you're borrowing time. You're not like, you don't have, you know, infinite time. So 
that's something I've had to learn as well. Yeah, no, same here. And, and family certainly changes things that there was so much more flexibility, you know, early on in my career, but in, in that sense, but now it's like, yeah, you, you can't, you simply can't work until 10 o'clock every night because then family suffers. And again, if family suffers, everything suffers because all these things are, are interconnected. Exactly. I, I definitely agree with your point about isolation. I got to say, one of my uh, one of my sources of therapy has been this podcast because I get to talk to people like you who are fighting the same battles and living kind of the same struggles, and, and that's been pretty helpful. So, listen, let's let's jump into uh, Credo. I want to hear a little bit more about Credo, and specifically, I want to hear about uh, you know this unique vantage point that you have on what clients are looking for when they hire consultants and you're matching consultants with clients and you're kind of the middleman that's making sure the client's needs are net by the best possible consultant. And I want to hear from you what really makes certain consultants stand out over others. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And as you said, like what I, what I specialize in um, is really helping businesses whether it's a you know a startup or a marketing team or an agency looking to partner with someone, really helping them get down to the essence of what they need based off of what their goals are, uh, the team that they have in place, all of those things. Um, you know, there are agencies out there that are really strong on strategy, but not so strong on execution, or vice versa. Um, you know, there are consultants that specialize in e-commerce, but they don't do lead gen, right? All of those different things. Um, and so I'm really, really good now. I've helped. Over a thousand businesses, it's probably around 1,100 now. Um, over the last two years, basically to find their projects and then help get them, you know, matched up to people. Um, and so, so the the answer to your question is the right agency, uh, the consultant agency that you should hire is going to be different from the consultant or agency that maybe I should hire for my business, right? Because I run a different kind of business than you do, right? Or than someone that runs an e-commerce, uh, an e-commerce company. So. Um, it, it's interesting when I'm chatting with people. So I had one recently where it's a, it's a software as a service company that, you know, they're basically right now they're highlighting all of their features. Um, and they have a ton of integrations and all that I was looking through and it's like, you know, integrations with MailChimp and active campaign and all these other things. Um, and you know, was talking to them about like what their goals are and what they do. And I was like, wow, you need to chat with this agency and this agency because they do exactly exactly what you need, right? Because I've gone deep with those agencies. I know that like this, this agency does phenomenal work for software as a service companies, helping them to target their specific audience and then building out content strategies to, to attract that specific audience and get them into the funnel to convert into a, into a client. Um, so uh, yeah, if you're going and you're searching for like, you know, e-commerce SEO agencies or something like that, like, I mean, yes, my site ranks for that. And I have agencies listed that do that. But the question then comes down to, do you need, you know, do you have a team in place or do you not? So actually, I think it's really important to get down into, into that a lot deeper than just like, I need someone that can do e-commerce SEO. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what I do. And you know, the, the solution, the choice of who is right, um, is just, it's so dependent on, you know, on the business, every bit it's, it sounds cliche to say, but it's true. And I really believe it now is, Every business, every business, every business's needs are different because, you know, um, every, uh, yeah, every, every, every business is, is completely different. Um, and I think that's, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people don't, don't grasp. Um, and your needs are different based on whether you have a team internally or not, um, and a bunch of other factors. Um, so, 
uh, my goal is basically to take, take off the table, whether or not the person is good at what they do. Um, and then actually help someone, uh, hire the, hire the person that, that, that works in the specific way that they need strategy services, what have you. So I'm curious from the client's perspective, cause I, you know, you're, you're working both sides of the coin here, the client and the consultant mm -hmm. from the client's perspective, what have you gathered has been kind of the most important decision-making factor when choosing a consultant? That's a good, that's a really good question. Um, and the answer is that, um, a lot of clients, uh, hire based on the wrong thing. So obviously every business has, you know, its own budget and what they can afford to pay based off of, you know, how successful they are or, you know, how much profit they make or, or what have you. Um, but I think actually a lot of people go way too, they, they focus a lot, they focus way too much on like what the price is and what they're going to pay per month rather than what they're going to get out of it. Um, and, and honestly, I think a lot of this is because, and, and not just what they're going to get out of it in terms of like what deliverable are they going to get, but what value can that, can that consultant or agency offer to your business? Um, I think a lot of this comes from, uh, agencies and consultants often pricing themselves off of time spent and output rather than results. Um, but, uh, yeah, I see a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, this, this guy says that he'll do like and you know, an SEO audit for me and you know, this content strategy is going to cost me $2,000. And then this one says that they're going to, you know, do it for, you know, that they'll do it for $4,000. So I'm going to go for the $2,000, you know, the, the $2,000 one instead. Um, when in actuality you need to go deeper and say like, okay, why is this one more expensive? Right? Like if I pay them that, am I going to get anything different? Um, and hopefully the answer is yes. Right. In which case then you need to decide, can you get by on the $2,000 a month one or like, should you actually bite the bullet and pay, you know, twice as much because you're going to get, you know, two or three X, you know, better results. Um, so, and, and, and that's obviously much harder to quantify. And I think agencies and consultants need to get a lot better at, you know, actually speaking to the results that they get clients rather than like, we did an audit and we did a content strategy. Um, so I think everyone needs to, needs to level up. Businesses need to look a lot more at that stuff you know, what, what are we actually going to gain? Like what are the projections, all of that? And then agencies and consultants need to look at what, what's actually the value and the results that I'm offering the clients. So what I'm hearing from you is that when, when clients are doing it wrong, they're, they're, they're making their decision largely based on price. Yes. What, what does it look like when they're doing it right? Great question. So when they're, and, and I don't want to underscore the fact that like, Price does matter. Everyone has a budget, right? Everyone has an upper budget limit. Um, basically, when uh, what, what I'll often hear from people is when they say, when I ask them, like, okay, what is your budget, right? And I can ask that because, like, I'm not—they're not actually paying me anything, right? Someone, look, a client looking to hire a, a consultant or an agency isn't paying Credo anything. They, you know, when they work with the agency, they pay the agency or the consultant directly. Um, so I ask them, and they, you know, and, and some people would be like, oh, well, we have like you know, we've been quoted this before. And so, you know, they're kind of ballparked around, you know, a, a specific number. Um, others will be like, oh, I'm just looking for like to get quotes, right? Um, in which case, like there's a bit more education that needs to happen there. And some are just using it as a negotiation tactic. Um, so, you know, I like to ask them like, okay, so if someone says like, oh, well, we don't really have a budget, we just want quotes. And I, then I'm like, okay, if I told you it was going to cost $10,000 a month, what would you say? And some of them are like, okay, cool. I'm like, all right, great. And others are like, whoa, 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 that's way too much. We were thinking like $2,000. I'm like, okay, like that's at least like where your expectations, um, where your expectations are. Um, so 
so price definitely definitely matters because everyone has a budget. But to your question about what what are they doing when or uh, how do they do it right? So basically settling on okay, like like what is the max that we can spend, right? And going from there, and so not you know reaching out to the people that you know their minimum is ten thousand dollars a month if yours is three. But then once you found those agencies, and, and this is one thing that I help with as well, is like actually helping. Uh, like I, I don't introduce a client to anyone that has a higher minimum than what that client can spend. So if your minimum is 2K a month, I'm not going to match you to someone that whose minimum is $4,000 a month. Um, unless like you can actually go higher and I know that they're the perfect agency for you, in which case I message that and, you know, talk about that very pointedly with them. Um, but for someone to do it right, um, it's, uh, w- with, you know, price, price off the table and, and that kind of, you know, taking out of the equation that you're talking with the right people. Um, what, what they, what you really need to look at is, you know, do they have experience doing what I need? And then also asking for case studies, what results, you know, what results are they getting and and can they actually speak to your business, you know, your business initiatives and your business goals rather than just the, you know, specific deliverables that you think that you want, right? An SEO audit isn't going to get you more traffic without anything implemented, for example. So, you know, if you're like, if you need an SEO audit, you don't, don't just say like, okay, can does this person know what a canonical tag is or an h1 tag or something like that but like have they actually done this for business that is like mine right so it's an e-commerce site have they actually worked with you know a large e-commerce site that has like hundreds of categories and thousands tens of thousands of SKUs, um you know and a like content strategy and you know and all this stuff like do they have experience doing that and then you know you don't need to know necessarily necessarily you know who the clients who the the companies are that they've worked with before though if they can tell you that's great but they need to speak to, you know, not just, oh, yeah, we did an SEO audit and their canonicals were wrong and they had to control their, you know, parameters and, and webmaster and Google search console and all that stuff. Like th- that's all that's all details. But like what additional revenue did they drive? How many additional conversions did they drive? Right. How do they improve the conversion? Right. Wh- whatever it is that you really care about, they should be able to speak to those things directly. Not just we did an SEO audit and we don't know what happened. Right. They need to speak to. Uh, whatever, you know, however you make money, however your business moves forward. Um, and those are the things they should be talking about. If they're just talking to you about links and, you know, audits and canonicals and all that, like, you know, if you're looking for an SEO agency, like you're talking to the wrong SEO agency, they actually need to speak like the business language as well. Um, and so, so that's what businesses that are, that's what businesses really need to be, uh, really need to be looking for. Makes sense. So now let's let's jump to the consultant side. Now you've got a lot of consultants that come to you and they apply to get listed on your site. I assume some do, mm-hmm. some don't. And even among the ones that do, there's a variance there in terms of folks who are doing it right and folks who are doing it wrong, I'm sure. What are sure. some of the you know, kind of the most common mistakes that you see consultants bring to the table with, you know, their positioning and their messaging? Yeah. So the biggest one that I see is that they don't know what their positioning or messaging is. They don't know exactly who they do work for the best. Um, as I was saying at the beginning, um, you know, I I know who I have, you know, some agencies that like when an e-commerce company comes to me, you know, and just like just uh, I see their form submission and they schedule a phone call and I I look at the site and see it's an e-commerce com- uh, e-commerce site. I know off the bat, like I have four agencies that do amazing e-commerce work. Um, right. So like they are directly positioned on like, okay, I should send them into this agency or this agency, like any of these four are in the bucket. And then once I chat with them, then I can narrow down to who the two are that I want, want to introduce them to. 
Um, I've seen, and, and those agencies and consultants have a really easy time closing work, right? Because if they just if they specialize in working with e-commerce and doing SEO and Facebook ads for e-commerce, if I get an SEO and e-commerce, an SEO and Facebook ads e-commerce project, I know that like that agency is going to be able to close them. Um, versus the agencies and consultants have a really hard time closing work, whether off of Credo or off of somewhere else. Uh, those are the ones that they're like, oh yeah, sure, we do SEO and yeah, we'll do content marketing and we've done WordPress development. And you know, th- then the the client is like, well. But, but like, do you actually know my business, right? And like, what sets you aside from this other agency that tells me that they can do these things and this other agency? At that point, as we were talking about earlier, it's price, right? And so it becomes a race to the bottom and then all these agencies end up too hungry to eat, right? They don't have enough revenue to invest in their own growth, to invest in their people. They can't retain their people because they're paying them too little, right? All of it just creates a myriad of, of problems, um, so yeah, that's the, the, that's the, the challenge that I see with a lot of, uh, consultants and agencies is they don't know who they do the best work for. And they're not willing to say that, like, these are the businesses that we do, that we want to work with. These are the types of businesses that we want to work with that we can just do phenomenal world-class work for and get them world-class results. Yeah. And ultimately it's about confidence, right? I think that's what people tend to forget here. It's you, maybe you can do the work either way, but the buyer feels more confident. If you're clearly positioned to serve their needs, you understand their business, they'll feel more confident that you can actually get the job done, which allows you to, A, you'll get a a higher close rate, but B, you'll be able to charge more because of that confidence. Exactly. And, and also let's not, let's not underrate. And as we were talking about the beginning about, you know, being an entrepreneur and the ups and downs, right? Like, what are you going to be happiest doing? You know, like, like I personally, I've worked, I I have a couple of my own SEO consulting clients, you know, even now with running Credo, um, you know, and I've worked with across the gamut of businesses. I've worked with local restaurants. I've worked with, you know, SaaS companies. I've worked with some of the biggest like content brands in the world. And I've realized that like over the last four to five years, I've like, I can get the best results and I enjoy, most enjoy working with companies that have a, uh, content and marketplaces, uh, content companies and marketplaces that have over a million pages uh, on their site in Google's index. Those are the ones that I can just get a phenomenal return for. I know how to, you know, I know how to do SEO for them. I know how to navigate the internal politics. I can help them get the work done. I can work with the developers, right? Like, and, and I'm much happier doing that sort of work than, you know, working for like a SaaS company that has, you know, 10,000 uniques a month trying to grow to, you know, 20 or 30 K I'd rather work with these huge, you know, big traffic, very large websites, even though I can do the other work, right. I can sign the thousand dollar a month SaaS, you know, SaaS SEO projects, but I don't want to. Um, so yeah, it, it, it uh, so, so I think it's, it's about optimizing for closing, optimizing for, you know, the best results for your clients and also optimizing for the kind of work that you enjoy doing like as a consultant or an agency. So for a consultant or a firm that doesn't have that kind of clarity around who they work with, what kind of work they do and where they get the best results, what's your best advice for finding that clarity? Yeah, my best advice is go look at your current clients or your, you know, your past clients. If you just work with a few at a time um, and, and, and go back through each one and basically ask yourself, like, you know, was I happy working with them? Was I able to get them good results? You know, and if I was able to get them good results, what was it about that specific client that made it possible, right? Did they have a team in place? Were they in a specific niche that you've, you know, you've worked with a ton of e-commerce companies. And so now you're, you know, and you've been able to get them really good results and you've learned like, you know, the different challenges that they face and, you know, and all of that. 
uh, versus like you worked with a, you know, a local restaurant and they can only pay you $300 a month, but they took up a ton of time and they needed all this reporting. Right. So, so asking yourself like, you know, where do the economics make sense? Um, but then also, you know, fr from your history of working with companies, like, you know, what, where do you do your best work? If you don't have that data yet, if you don't have that experience yet, that's tough. Um, and honestly, I would say like, basically go study sales and learn how to sell projects so that you can sign as many clients as possible. Um, and, and, and from there learn like what, what you really enjoy working on. Um, right. Like for me, I've focused down on, you know, uh, seven, you know, uh, websites with, you know, seven figures and pages in the index. Um, because like, those are the sites that I've been working on for like the last five years now. Right. And I know that I can do an awesome job for them, but I have that five years of experience to be able to say this now. Same with Credo. I know like the kind of the three buckets of businesses that I could, that Credo can really help. Um, but only because I've seen over, I've had over a thousand businesses come through and I know like who signs with who and, you know, uh, like I, I know what their pain points are now. Right. So, so part of it is like getting started and then optimizing, optimizing from there. So, um, at that point, like when you're just starting out, it's all about like, you know, showing that like you can do the work, um, you know, and, and that you're, you know, you're consultative and like you can, you can meet their needs, um, and don't worry about, you know, necessarily optimizing yet. You can always reach that stage. Yeah. There's no substitute for experience in the end. Exactly. So once someone's got their positioning and their messaging all buttoned up, they know who they're going after, they know what their best work is and, um, and they're, they're, you know, on their way in that regard, what have you found sets apart the, the firms or the agencies that tend to have a higher close rate? That's a great, that's a great, great question. Um, it, I mean, it really comes down to, as you said, it comes down to confidence, um, is, is part of it. Right. Um, but then also, uh, and it's, it's kind of sales one-on-one, but a lot of people get it wrong. It's, you know, do you have, uh, do you have your propo proposal structure down, right? Like, are you actually showing them like what they're getting based off of the budget that you're proposing to them, right? Like, what are they going to get every month? You know, what results have you gotten for other people? Um, so it's, so it's that it's, you know, is your, is your, are your proposals complete? Are they professional looking? Are there no misspellings in them? I had one coaching client. I, I work with some like agency owners and consultants to help them, you know, close better work. Kind of, you know, as, as one of the the multitude of things that I do. And I had one that uh, was trying to basically sell technical audits for you know low five figures, like let's say 10k. Um, but they were constantly being bargained down, and they were, you know, they were signing work for like, you know, they propose it for 10k, and someone would be like, "Well, will you do it for six? And they're like, "Sure." Um, but I took a look at their proposal and they were, they had misspellings all over the place. They weren't, you know, itemizing out like what they were doing and what the person was going to get. They weren't setting their expectations. And so I basically reworked their proposal, you know, with them. Um, and their next like three audits that they pitched, they got, uh, they, they the person was just like, yep, looks good. And ju they just signed for exactly what they asked. They didn't try to negotiate back. Right. So, so that's, that's one, um, uh, one big, one big part to it. Um, and then also, uh, the, the agencies that close the, and consultants that close the best work are the ones that take a more consultative approach to sales. Um, and sales is hard and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, glossing over a little bit cause I, I love sales and I've been doing it for, you know, a, a long time. Um, and I think I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but a lot of, you know, marketers, especially like solo marketers, they went on their own to do marketing, not to do sales. Um, but, you know, taking the approach of, 
who is this business? What are their unique needs? What do they say? You know, they, what do they say they need versus what can I identify that I think that they need off of my experience? Um, and taking a very consultative approach to it and putting that together, um, for them and a, like a, a custom, you know, bespoke, uh, proposal as opposed to like, Oh yeah, for businesses like yours, we charge everyone $750 a month and they get X, Y, and Z, right? People don't, don't necessarily want that. Um, and, and I see when people try to like productize a service like SEO or something like that, um, it actually ends up, uh, kind of shooting them in the foot because, you know, if, if you try to, if you try to make everyone happy, you're going to make nobody happy. Um, so yeah, those are, those are a few of the, the things that I've seen, um, uh, uh, help agencies or consultants close better work. Um, and I do want to underscore the sales point there as well. Like I think a lot of individual consultants, um, agency owners that are in the like six to eight person, uh, six to eight person agency, uh, kind of stage, um, invest down in some sales training. Um, it's, it's going to show like, it's going to show so many returns for you, even if it's like, you know, a couple thousand dollar, uh, you know, weekend or something like that to go get trained by someone that's really good at sales. Um, do it because it's going to pay itself back like, you know, 10, 20, 30, hundred fold. Um, and as I said, so many people got into, especially marketers started an agency or started doing consulting because they wanted to do marketing. Um, but they actually, but to run a successful, like marketing consultancy or agency, um, you actually need to learn how to do sales. Any particular resources you recommend on that sales training front? Um, there actually aren't many out there. Um, so I'm actually working on, and, uh, it's starting off as an ebook and then it'll eventually be like a course um, an online course, um, about it. So, um, yeah, there aren't, there really aren't many good ones out there. I have to be, I have to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Or at least for targeting that marketing agency firm space. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you can, you know, people like Patrick McKenzie, patio 11, um, on Twitter, um, he works for Stripe now, but he's done a lot of like, he's done a lot of stuff around, he's actually a developer, but he's done a lot of like work and studying and teaching around, um, around sales. He's, he has some good stuff. Um, good stuff out there. And there are different courses like, um, double your freelancing.com. Uh, my friend Brendan Dunn, um, does great work helping freelancers. Um, uh, and you can apply it to agencies as well. Um, you know, with, with charging better rates with, you know, closing better projects, um, all of that sort of thing. Um, and then I guess one other one, and this is more around like the planning side of it than the, the sales side of it. But, um, my friend Jennifer Bourne, who run, B-O-U-R-N, who runs borncreative.com, just launched a, a course called Profitable Project Plan, um, where basically she teaches you about like running a, you know, running a, a uh, like closing projects, but then also like running uh, marketing or, you know, development projects profitably um, while also not going crazy, you know, because you don't have them organized and, you know, meeting your clients' needs. So those are some of the resources that I personally, you know, like. Excellent. So let's let's talk a little bit just to wrap this up about pricing. And we've talked about pricing a little bit uh, here and there through this conversation. I mean, this is, I think, one of the more tricky issues for for, for consultants. You know, what I found is that, um, for example, you know, I've recently been looking for an SEO firm for a client of mine. And we've been talking to you about it and, and, and using Credo's resources. And one of the things that I found is as a client, I'm 
like you said, I'm probably doing it wrong, <laughs> but I'm immediately concerned <laughs> about price. And I kind of <laughs> want like, you know, and I, I want them to ask me questions and all that kind of good stuff. But at the end of the day, I also want to know like, okay, well, like, how do you charge for this? Like, what are the parameters, you know, like, what are the packages, if you will? There's this temptation to just give me the packages, right? So I know what I'm dealing with. And at the same time, right. you know, some of the firms I've been talking to, they've they pushed back on that. And they said, well, we're not quite there yet. We need to understand what your goals are, what you're looking to accomplish, the scope and this and that. And it's a little bit frustrating, even though I know it's good for me in the end. <laughs> mm. what, are, what are some best practices that you've seen from the consultants um, in terms of having the pricing conversation in its right place and at its right time? Yeah, totally, totally. And actually on, on your side, I would say like, they're, they're doing exactly what they should be doing and trying to understand like what your, what your specific goals are and, and like what the value is that you're trying to see from it. Um, and you know, for, for you as a, let's just call you the client, right? Um, so some clients will say like, well, why should I like, why should I pay more than, you know, the, this other client of theirs just because like, I'm going to make more money from it. And well, the answer is because you're going to make more money from it. Like it's worth more to you. So like you should be willing to pay, you know, more dollars to make, you know, a hundred grand than this person that's going to make 10 grand from it. Right. Um, so, so, so I think that that is actually an important part of the pricing, um, the pricing conversation. Um, I always like to like, so when I'm, when I'm talking to, you know, potential consulting clients of my own, um, I always, uh, like I, I have a specific number in mind. And once again, I'm a solo consultant, you know, I work with a very specific kind of client. I'm also not the cheapest by any means. I'm actually one of the more like expensive solo consultants out there in like the SEO world. Um, but I basically tell like when they ask me for a ballpark, I'm like, you know, I was talking to a, a news agency or a news company yesterday that they were like, if we're looking for, you know, an audit and, you know, guidance on, you know, for these like five specific things and guidance on, you know, partnerships and, you know, this other stuff, like, what would it be? And I basically told them, I'm like, look, it's going to cost, uh, you know, I can, uh, I will, I will have that conversation just to, just to kind of set their expectations in the first conversation that like, look, this one, I like, I personally wouldn't sell it for any less than $10,000. It's not going to be $50,000, but like, you know, it might be as much as like 15 and we can break that up over a couple months. And that means, you know, we deliver this part at this time and this part at this time and this part at this time. But I said that, you know, I said that right there. Um, and I talk about it, I price it as a project. Um, I don't talk about hours. Um, I personally never talk about hours. I don't like telling, you know, potential clients, um, my hourly rate because my hourly rate doesn't matter, um, at the end of the day, right? Cause you can pay and, and I'll tell you why. So you could go and you could hire another, uh, uh, consultant that says that, you know, their hourly rate is, um, you know, as an example, let's say that, you know, their hourly rate is $125 an hour, right? Let's say mine is 250. So I'm twice as expensive, but if I can, you know, go deeper, I can get the client a better return than the person that charges 105, $125 an hour. And I can do it in half the time as a person that charges $125 an hour, you know, you're, you're still getting like, you're, you're getting a better deal by, you know, by going with me, even though my hourly rate is higher right? And I can do it in fewer hours. So like number of hours it takes isn't commiserate to, you know, how good the work is. Um, you know, someone that's been doing it a long time can do it a lot quicker because they've seen it time and time again versus someone that's having to go and do a ton of research and they're not quite sure how it all works. Um, so I always tell agencies and consultants like, you know, don't tell them what your hourly rate is. I don't ever want someone to come back to me and say, you know, oh, well we can afford like 16 of your hours a month, right? Like don't get into selling your, your, your time for money. Um, instead like, you know, pricing off of value and, you know, and what they can see. And if you know that an audit, you know, on a, 
on a hundred thousand page website is going to take you, you know, 20 hours, right? It's, let's say that would take me 20 hours. It would take someone else 40 hours. Like, you know, so I, I do my, you know, 20 times my hourly rate. And then I always add on a percentage as well, basically like the buffer and the, you know, and the value time. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of where I, uh, where I start with the pricing there. It's not like, super, super scientific. Um, but I don't want to get into selling, you know, selling my, my, uh, selling my time for money. Yeah. Well, I, I like the idea of providing some kind of a range up front because a, it sets their expectations and B it qualifies them that if you're way out of their price right. range, then you don't want to waste your time either. You want to end it right there. Totally. Totally. Which is why when I'm talking with, you know, clients that I'm then going to match up to an agency or a consultant, um, th that's why I try to get an idea for their budget from the start, right? Because if they have, you know, 10 grand a month to, to spend on an agency, I'm going to have no problem placing them. And I have a myriad of people that I could place them to, right? Which is why then I get into the, like, what is it you need? What team do you have in place? What kind of business are you? All of that stuff versus, and I still do that for people that have a smaller budget, but if they only have $2,000 a month for like an audit and content strategy and, you know, content creation, I don't want to introduce them to someone that has a minimum of $5,000 a month. Right. So that's like, that is something that is, I, I can save people a lot of time by having these conversations with them and knowing what their budget is. Um, but yeah, it works the same way. Um, you know, if you're, uh, both, if you're a business, um, that is looking, um, that's looking to hire, if you're a client that's looking to hire someone or a, or a consultant or an agency, having that conversation, uh, upfront can either, save you a lot of time to not have to have further conversations and you can refer them on or, um, you know, pretty quickly that like they are a good fit and you can move on to the stuff that matters and not like, you know, waste your time talking to someone that, that can't afford you. Um, so yeah, I, I think it kind of, it, it works on, on both sides. Um, and a lot of people are afraid to talk about their budgets because they don't want to be like taken for a ride. Right. They're like, well, I'm not going to say how much like I can spend because then they're just going to quote me that. Um, well then, you know, if you can spend that, like, why is there a problem that, that they're quoting you that, right? People are like, get really weird about, about negotiations and think that like everyone is just trying to take them for as much money as they can. At the end of the day, I think most people are, are pretty trustworthy, um, and are actually just trying to do good work. Um, and, and I don't work with people that are, you know, just trying to, trying to take their clients for a ride. Um, and if, if they are like any agency that is like, they're not going to stay in business very long and, you know, their clients are going to be, are going to be moving out pretty quick. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's better to be transparent and upfront and, you know, have those conversations like adults, um, you know, and like business people. Awesome. John, we've covered a lot of ground. Anything you want to mention that we haven't already talked about in the way of advice for consultants or firms on standing out from the pack, winning more business? Yeah, I think I think the biggest one is and, and we talked about this uh, a few minutes ago is really try to figure out who you do the best work for and who you really enjoy working for and then figure out how to message that on your website. Um, I, I know a lot of agencies that have gone from the general, you know, we'll do anything for anyone. And I've even done this on Credo. Like, yeah, we can help you find any kind of agency for any kind of digital marketing needs that you have to actually focus, focusing down on like, we can really help out startups, marketing teams, and uh, and, and agencies with finding, you know, someone to help them out with SEO, content marketing, link building, Facebook ads, conversion optimization. Those are the ones that we can, that we can really, really help out well. Um, and so, you know, getting much more specific on that. And, and I think you'll, and I've seen a lot of agencies do that as well. And they've been amazed and I've been amazed at 
really how much better your business is once you're speaking directly to those people because your marketing is more focused, your work is more focused, and everyone is happier all, over, all around. And you become the expert, so you can charge more money as well. Amen, brother. John, where, where can folks look you up if they want to find you online? Easiest place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, it's my last name, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y-J-F, so Doherty J-F um, on Twitter. And then my, my personal website is johnfdoherty.com, J-O-H-N-F-Doherty.com. Uh, and uh, my website is getcredo.com, G-E-T-C-R-E-D-O.com. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the plus, best places to find me. Um, and then email, uh, it's just my first name at getcreator.com. Happy to, happy to answer, uh, happy to converse with people about, you know, about their needs for sure. Awesome. And we'll drop links to all of those in the show notes to this episode at forecast.fm. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is, if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.